0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Breaking Brains and Building Hearts. Brett Burchard with Chris McAllister, James Rorys. Good to see you guys again. We are uh, trucking along on uh, the seven essential mindsets of world class performance. We've reached mindset number five, which is the focused mindset uh last episode we talked about visionary mindset of like who you want to become and and why you're doing what you're doing and uh and, and kind of what you're pursuing and going after now you create this big vision for for your future or what you're going after, which needs uh focus to stay on track and um to execute and uh, uh because we know the world's a distracting place um and can get us off track. Uh, so I want to dive into the focused mindset in, in this episode, um, I guess. There you go, catching confetti. Jimmy, a question for you about focus and focused mindset. What uh, distracts you easiest or gets you the most distracted?
1: <laughs> uh. Besides a good uh, sports controversy or uh, <laughs> so a good jokes. UFC, so many tournaments. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what's, what's interesting. So in the context of work, I have I have a challenge with focus because so many things interest me. So um, the way I've set up my business and my life, uh, it gives me the opportunity to kind of pursue. Uh, that interesting thing that comes along. So, I, I I hate the idea of of having deliverables that have to be that have to that have to get done because that kind of I kind of view that naturally as something that that forces me into a fixed track. I get it done and I and I do a great job. But what what distracts me is the fun stuff, the new ideas that um, that little, uh, you know, that little. Um, you know, popcorn path that I just am following to uh, maybe that pot of gold or something interesting. Um, so the things that really inspire me, that inspire my curiosity, distract me big time from a lot of the stuff that um, either I've committed to, or that uh, or that I want to get done because they're related to another goal, another bigger goal that I have.
0: What do you do? Like, have you found processes or, or systems that help you? Be able to do both, like pursue curiosity and stick to the or is it more like grit your teeth, muscle it, you know, muscle through it, and I gotta get this done
1: That's a great question. I think you know I, i've been work I've been consulting on time management and coaching on time management for for years twenty five years, and uh it's not something you solve and and you're done. It's something you constantly uh have to figure out because life changes. Uh, I use lots of different ways to stay on track. So for example, I use my commitments to keep me on track. Mm. And this desire to make sure that I, I only have one rule in life, make and keep your commitments. And so when I make a commitment to you or to Chris, that is something that keeps me on track. Um, when I empower folks that are within my team to hold me accountable, that keeps me on track. So I, just, I've, I use a number of different tools. The worst thing for me is a to-do list. I'll make the to-do list, to-do list and never go back to it. Uh, this, another thing that doesn't work for me are uh, remi- reminders. I can't stand them. And I, once I get a reminder or two, if I get the reminder at, the, at an inopportune time, I, I shut it off and never get the reminder again. Um, you know, So those things don't tend to work with me. So I find other tactics that do. Um, I tend to treat that. You know, I tend to treat those times that I can go off and be thoughtful almost like I treat uh, dessert uh, or something else, right? It's something that I get to do when I've earned it, and so I have this other mentality. I'm going deep here, but I uh, have I earned the right to take a step back and enjoy, you know, following that path. So that's another mm-hmm. other technique.
0: Nice little carrot reward deal. Just the way I'm built. Um, Yeah, yeah. I think we we can all kind of, I'll probably all three of us resonate a little bit with that of like getting distracted by our curiosities and Mm -hmm. uh, you know just wanting to pursue those. Um, Chris, what what drives your focus? If if you could um, identify something that like, all right, this 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 really gets me into focus mode.
2: What focus <laughs> is it's funny because I it's crazy we're talking about this. Uh, people could think that this was like so planned, but you know, we've been busy, things have been going on, haven't done one in a bit. But this is right where I am because if, like, if I take Strengths Finder, which has its flaws, but there's parts of it I like, my top four are future focus, strategic, achiever. So, focus is second. Uh, my first coach told me he's uh he said if i could put my butt in the seat and get it done like you do i could take over the world and uh and I, i do have that ability um i've learned about myself though it is very connected to dopamine and how i've naturally triggered my dopamine um and some things that i haven't done so well this last year and a half not not terrible, but just lost that a little bit. So this is so much of where I'm living right now. Now, part of what would happen for people is they could look at my day and go, Well, you are really focused. <laughs> well, but growth starts with where you're bothered. And I'm bothered that I want I want to be more focused. Like not in a way of pushing myself into hustling harder or productivity, but but really understanding. And it was really the IFQ that opened this up in a big way. Uh, that's our identity fear quotient where we measure identity fear. But for me to have an identity fear show up there that I didn't know would be there. And then to have it keep staring me in the face every day. What's the things that only I can do? Like that is providing so much focus to my life. And I do love the the little things that you're like, Ooh, I want to go read about that or research that or study that. Um, and I could just do that all the time. Um, I say that, but then I got to make something. And the stuff I make ends up rolling into the strategic initiative. I kind of hold a space within myself that like, do I want to go learn something right now? Do I want to build something right now? Do I need to strategize and lead right now? And I move in and out of all three of those in a given day. Um, and my to-do list will have all of those three on there. And it'll be more than I can do. I'll scan through it. Let that kind of percolate to the top of my consciousness and then really try to make a, a good intuitive decision about what that looks like. So, you know, that, that for me is the guiding point, that intuitive decision. And sometimes it's wrong, thankfully, more often than not, it's right.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, how do you keep that intuition from getting distracted, like towards the wrong you know, wrong. You're going to chase unhealthy things based on identity fear, or just avoid things that are really important. But you know, whatever, there's a little more friction there, and you you know, not as easy to get done. How do you keep that intuition focused?
2: Yeah, and just for people to be aware, I know you guys are the two things that make it a great challenge. Are one, uh, starting this with two weeks operating expenses means it's not like there's a. Chunk of change in the bank account, I can coast for a while. I've had to hunt for my food pretty close to the time that I eat it for a number of years, and so that's the thing that can actually take me off course the worst because it can put in me an urgency that actually distracts me from the important. So I just have to know that that's going to be like creeping around the corner, and 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 let it still do what it needs to do to get me grounded and focused in a way of am I getting to the goal by the end of the week. Uh, for where I need to be financially, but I, I can't let it steal the joy from what I'm doing that feels luxurious or abundant. Um, so first and foremost, recognizing the difference between the things that feel uh, life or death, but really the things that are most important aren't going to usually feel that way, and it's just part of how our evolution has happened. I think the second thing too is, and this is what Jimmy said that I loved, uh, you know. Passion follows commitment. You're not overwhelmed with passion. You make commitments, passion comes out of it. The way I like thinking about that is I find more of myself in a long term committed relationship than not. And people think it's the opposite, but you're discovering more about who you are and how to relate and get along. And so I really just try to show up to spaces with people that are relational commitments with you guys, with the team, with family, of course, and let what comes out of that space also shape what's happening. Um, and those are the commitments I'm making to go and come back with it done. And and there are times I would probably go too hard and too fast, and the team helps me pace in a healthier way. There are also times I would not advance as much as I need to. But the commitment to be in the team, to be at that space, uh, draws out right the continual marching forward. Um, and so those would be the two for me. Yeah.
0: That's good. There's a lot of good stuff there. I want to go back to the idea you brought up of like stress, either causing, creating focus or distracting from your focus. Um, Jimmy, I mean you've you've been in the sales world um, for a long time. You got to meet goals, got to meet quotas. I know you're intentional and serious about you know your commitments and following <laughs> through with those. Like at what what point does stress? help you focus and at what point does it just like it becomes more distracting or you know um you know, like chris was talking about like hey i gotta eat today so i gotta go get some you know i gotta go make some bread but you know that's distracting from the long-term focus
1: yeah yeah it's a great question it's um it's a constant challenge and so and when i say constant challenge it's I've ebbed and flowed with my response to stress over the last 15 years as a it, it, during that that's the time during which I've been kind of focused on it um before that I just accepted it as a normal part of life and it was you know like like an ear you know it's always with me that stress was always with me was always part of my life and I never kind of like separated it from who I was um and so you know so Actually, just this week, I'm thinking about end of quarter and beginning of 2022, and um, you know, when we run our biz, we aren't. I purposely do not stay focused on financials on a regular basis because that's something that creates stress for me mm. uh, because it's never enough. Mm. <laughs> if if I'm at goal i should be above goal if i'm above goal i should be above goal by more and so just the way that i'm wired i'm I'm, you know highly competitive and when i was selling for those first, first 15 years of my career the reason i was um you know top rep nearly everywhere i went was just this maniacal desire and need to be to measure above everybody else. And so everything else came second. So that's a trigger for me that looking at numbers are a trigger. So the way I manage that is the way I'm managing it now is by taking it in short doses, right? Look at the number, feel the stress, but w- instead of allowing me to <laughs> just feel the stress, you know, I use it as a tool. And the tool is okay, it, it drives my focus. Okay, what am I going to focus on now? Where, where am I compared to where I want to be? What do I have to be thinking about now? And you know, for most salespeople, the example is just because you hit your number this quarter doesn't mean you can you can you can let it ride because you've got next quarter. So for me, the focus now is next quarter, uh, and maybe the quarter after that. So I'm now so I I use that stressful moment take it as a temporary, you know, feel the stress in a temporary way and get rid of it by now adjusting my plan. And uh, moving forward. Mm. Uh, but there is no circumstance under which consistent stress is healthy, no matter how we want to justify it. Yeah, low grade stress kills you, but you can't sometimes change
2: your circumstance. So, you know, probably the thing that I make the most effort to do that I haven't even talked about is what I do to keep the low grade stress from diminishing me that helps me stay focused which is smart lunch fasting breakfast sauna exercise you know all the stuff that i do bad jokes yeah bad jokes that helps dude that just lifts Music the mood <laughs> uh brett what do you bad i'm jokes. curious what you've learned about yourself cuz you've gone in this last year and a half from you know a confined role right to now the wide open expanse. What have you learned about yourself that is not going to change about who you are? That you've just learned to cooperate, and where have you had to like shore things up or relax things?
0: Yeah, so interesting. Um, you know, you're talking about you know working in a in a like coaching job, coaching professional basketball, and where your focus is kind of defined for you. Like the schedule defines what's priority and what you need to do and what you work on. Um, and it's very easy to choose what's most important right now to now going to, you know, you know, starting championships and and you know a more wide open book on how I spend my days and weeks and and where we go to next. And so, yeah, it's easy to to get distracted or you know to lose focus. Um, I think a couple things that you've both have hit on um, really resonated with me as well. One is how you structure your day. Um, so I started just getting really organized with my calendar um, and how to, you know, chunk out my weeks into, you know, what I knew was going to provide the most, or what I thought, I guess, would provide the most impact on on the business and the work we were doing. Um, so so getting structure in place there, um, and then also recognizing you know those fears or anxieties that that cause you to lose focus you know knowing like jimmy talked about with the financials knowing that's a trigger point for him so let me build structures around there that it doesn't you know it doesn't distract me you know chris you talked about knowing core fears and and how those things can distract you so getting aware of of those things but it's 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 a self assessment all the time you know and being really honest about um where you can get off track, um, you know the whole idea around stress was is really fascinating to me because we we're just working on I was working with a college basketball team last week about this very idea, and we know you perform your best when your mind is relaxed. Jim, you talked about that you, you're not going to perform best when you're stressed out all the time at the same time, you know stress can like lead to flow <laughs> you know you talk about uh, action adventure athletes who are doing crazy stunts that they could die from if that little bit of consequence or stress drives their focus to be fully present, fully engaged with what they're doing it crowds out any distractions um, and so there's yeah there's a little bit of both there they need to Relax their mind in that state, but they also need the stress to to drive their focus to the f- to the present. Um, yes, yeah, so it's a little interesting yin and yang uh, between the two. But I like what both of you have mentioned about recognizing where you're triggered and then what you know. What strategies or structures can you put in place? You know, Chris, with your routines, um, Jimmy, with some of your boundaries with the financials. Um, I'd ask both of you what if you're going to help somebody try to improve their focus for what they're doing. Obviously, we talked about vision, you know, you know where you want to head and, and what you're going after. But um, how would you start with kind of organizing your focus um, to, to go after those visions? Jimmy, wow. you can
1: go first. Wow. Well, um- where would I start to organize to, to organize uh, myself around those visions? Is that the question? Yeah, so- if you're gonna, yeah, someone, uh, you know,
0: say, hey, I'm, I get super distracted. How do I improve my focus? You know, what's the What's their, yeah. What are a few kind of starting points for that?
1: You know, and I think it's as context,
2: real quick, Jimmy. They could listen yeah. to the last episode to get the visionary mindset, which is going to exactly. help them get that future picture. But then what?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's really interesting. Um, I, th- I think I may have mentioned to you guys, I, I coached a woman from the UK who was the guru on time management, <laughs> and she, her life was a mess. You know, and it's really funny. So, what I would say to you is that not every principle is universal. So, the first thing I say to the folks listening is, you know, you got to figure out what works for you. And for many people, vision is not, you know, not something that's going to grab them and move them and motivate them. So, you know, so, but, but obviously for me, vision is something that does. So, what I can do is I can, I can, identify a vision where i want what I, what I want my life to be like in 3 or 5 years for example and everything i'm doing today is defined by that vision so i connect vision to purpose so i want i want to be on purpose every moment and i want that purpose to be aligned with my vision so the way that i kind of manage myself is i is i, I um, just check in with myself is what I'm doing right now, is it, does it set me on purpose? Which I already, already defined in my head is something that lines me up with where I want to be. But what I like about that model is for somebody who's very now centric, they can use this concept of purpose, define that purpose in the context of vision, but use purpose to move them. Or they can, if they're very vision oriented, they can use that vision to move them, but leverage purpose as a way to keep them on track. So, I think of both those things at the same time. And then, Chris, something you'll probably talk about, you know, part of focus is about having clarity. And we haven't talked a lot about this idea of, am I focused on the right stuff? You know, and um, what kind of focus is detrimental? And I don't even know it. So, I think for me, finding the things that allow me to be focused in a healthy way, it's really about. Achieving some level of awareness. And so the easiest thing to do is just to ask yourself those why questions, right? Why am I doing this right now? Um, What is the, what's, am I doing it for myself or some, for somebody else? Am I doing it using Chris's words to hide or distract or to make excuses or to, um, you know, to, um, um, for some unhealthy reason, or am I doing it for some for some healthy reason? So the the, the moment we start asking ourselves questions and analyzing the beha- are the behavior and the decisions that we make, we're able to now figure out whether or not the things we're focused on are healthy, whether we're just doing them as rote behaviors that we've just always done, or that we're being thoughtful about them. And then once you identify stuff that you want to shift, you can be thoughtful about those things and build strategies like for me i know that money is a trigger so i use it as a motivator to get me focused on on a purpose that's going to drive a vision and then i let go of it i get rid of it Uh, and that's a that's a that's not something that somebody diagnosed me as having that issue and then gave me that suggestion something i had to build myself So that's the other thing you have to be thinking about. Are you the kind of person that has that growth mindset that believes you can change, or do you have that fixed mindset that doesn't believe you can change? Mm -hmm. Uh, And if, and if you want to change, the first thing you have to do now is think about, okay, where's your head at? And how do you start unraveling that?
0: Yeah.
2: It's awesome. For me, it's about uh, very in line with what Jimmy's saying, the purity of desire, like, You don't have to worry as much about productivity or trying to get yourself focused when the desire rages. So what's that desire? What are you compelled with? And I think we spend too much time trying to figure out what shouldn't be in our lives rather than just trying to obsess with what do I want and what am I going after? It's like the thing with habits. When I got addicted to, uh, I don't mean this in the traditional clinical addiction Definition, but two Benadryl's and two beers to fall asleep every night. That was a bad habit to have. (laughs) How do you stop that bad habit? (laughs) You know, I had to replace it. And recently, even upgraded my sleep routine again. And that was like five years ago, but and it was because of what I wanted. I didn't want to wake up for a morning meeting anymore and Jimmy be like, dude, that's some bags under your eyes. Uh, I wanted to sleep better as I'm aging. And so it's the purity of desire. But but the key word there after desire is purity. Because most people, you know, they're driven out of proving and hiding, or self, their inner self-critic is pushing them to want something they really don't want, or they're gonna get it in a way that they're eroded as they get it. And so we know that the brain, and there's I'm so fascinated with how the brain develops. We know that the brain thinks in metaphors, they actually some, you know, neuroscientists think that that may be the key architecture for how the brain makes sense of things at our state evolved as we are still got a long way to go as humans though, that, that we think in terms of metaphor. So I can ask people a lot of times, like if you were to describe what you're doing right now, how would you describe it? And, and they're relaxed and they'll come up with a metaphor. And if that metaphor is unhealthy, then they have an unhealthy relationship to that desire. Or they're trying to go about it in an unhealthy way. And so the key word there then is purity. So it's the desire, what do I want? And the purity of it. uh, So that without proving or hiding, Mm -hmm. this is what I want. Let me go after that. The other stuff can just fall away. Mm -hmm. Um, And and, and then you are focused, right? And so for me, that's been huge. And I try to really pay attention to that. And if I don't have that happening for myself, then I, I know that I'm in a winter season to explore some things. But as that starts to pick up speed, then I got to go with it.
0: That's mm. awesome. Seems to me the takeaway here is perhaps our distractions are a gift. Mm. They might not be something to be resisted all the time, but something to be paid attention to because it's, it's surfacing a desire within us or vision within us or a Strength within us that we need to need to follow. So interesting. I came in hoping everyone would be more focused, and now I'm thinking maybe everyone should just pay attention to what they're distracted by a little more.
2: It's a lot to chew on there.
0: Yeah, a lot to chew on.
2: I'll say this, and then we got to close. Paulo Coelho, the author, uh, alchemist, you know, huge, like one of the biggest authors in the world. I've heard him talk about this his routine. He farts around for like three hours and gets this urgency building up in him, and then he writes. but like that's part of his process
0: well, that'll lead us to our next episode where we talk about the process mindset and building routines and strategies in place to uh, to keep us uh, um, going after the things and, and that we want to go after and being our best selves all the time so Thanks guys. Look forward to next episode. See you then.